0: Everyone, thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your shit together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit, shit. Together. What
1: up, fellas? Together. How you doing? Together, together, together. Fantastic. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. How about yourself?
0: Uh, doing well. I, I think it's it's interesting that you mentioned together, 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 and I think it's interesting that you mentioned it three times. And for an explanation of why, I'm going to hand it off to my boy, Glenn. Glenn, take away. <laughs> sure. hey, reach, it away. Sure. That was a reach, but if you have the
2: dedication of a stooge. Who, me? Yeah, you. What? Yeah. Uh, why, certainly. Let me tell you. Mwah.
1: You, you know, know when before, I talk about the Stooges, today- I'm talking about the
2: Three Stooges, right? So the Three Stooges were some of the most dedicated entertainers in the business. They dedicated themselves for their entire lives to their craft. Oftentimes, during during troubles financially, during uh, romantic issues, I mean, these guys dedicated themselves to making other people laugh. And they took that to the grave. They never even really saw much of a a value out of it until after they had passed. Um, And that's kind of the the point of this, is do you have the dedication to see your plans through, your goals through, in the hopes that someday either you'll see the, the benefit from it or others will feel the benefit from it after you've gone? That's what these guys did. And uh, I think it's kind of important to talk about where they first started, right? So the Three Stooges themselves. What do you guys know of the Three Stooges? I know, Rohit, you probably know a little bit more than Kyle, but that's because, you you know...
1: Jeez, Glenn, what are you trying to say about me? But Kyle, tell me what you know about the Three Stooges first, Kyle. Shots fired, son. I know exactly (laughs) what you told me already. No, I mean, you know, I think the Three Stooges... I, I. My uh, understanding of them is just, you know, slapstick comedy from like the 30s and 40s. Uh, Larry Curley and Mo, goofy little, you know, jokes, pranksters, Um, like the 30s version of people like Will Ferrell or, you know, Jim Carrey and people like that is kind of uh, my take on them. I don't know much about, you know, where they're from, what their background is, uh, where they may have started if they started elsewhere before. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, not very well versed in the topic. That's for sure.
2: Okay, Rohit, how about you? Uh,
0: yeah, pretty much, pretty much along the same lines of what Kyle said. I know that they are immensely popular and, uh, not only am I a fan of watching them, you know, in the middle of the night when they're on TV, but I know that (laughs) a lot of, a lot of, uh, Scooby-Doo episodes, I think, included them or something, right?
2: Yeah, some of the uh, Scooby-Doo episodes did include the animated versions of the Three Stooges, yes. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to run down a brief history of their lives. um, Because, you know, a a whole topic on their history would probably take multiple episodes. So brief history. The Three Stooges began their careers in the 1930s with Ted Healy, a vaudeville um, act, part of a live stage act where they did skits, music, dancing, uh, pretty much a traveling minstrel show. It um, started off with uh, Moe Howard and Shemp Howard, both brothers, and Larry Fine, one of the um, friends of Ted Healy. Um, And quickly they gained popularity and when Ted Healy wanted to go a different route uh, with his acts, the Three Stooges broke off and started their own thing which became popular in theaters as little shorts before movies or between movies um, during the 30s and 40s and on into the 50s you would pay to go to the theater because not everyone had a TV and TVs largely hadn't been really widely mass produced by then anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you would go to the theater Sorry. for a tw- for a quarter a day and spend the entire day watching uh, news reels. You'd watch shorts for the Three Stooges or the Little Rascals. Um, and and well, tell us more, Grandpa.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, hey, you know, <laughs> cinema was actually cinema is a very fun topic, especially old cinema. But um, yeah, no, it
1: is interesting. I just had to give you shit. So, know, the, I'm, so they would I'm, play. I'm not,
2: I'm not offended by it, I'm going to tell you.
1: <laughs> the, the shorts were always played in the theater, and they would play several of them for, for right. in several they, hours. They would,
2: they would play them, you know, they'd probably play three or four shorts, a newsreel, and then a movie. And, you know, you may see Three Stooges, you'd see um, Little Rascals, and you'd probably see something that wouldn't be appropriate for today, like Amos and Andy. Um, But yeah, you'd see a lot of different shorts between movies, the feature films. Um, But these guys, they went in, flat broke, started their act with Ted Healy. They came out with a little bit of popularity, and they were signed with uh, Columbia Pictures. They created their shorts, and they went full in, full on slapstick. They kind of invented this this version of modern slapstick that we see today, where you know people are getting hammered with things, they beat each other up, and they get up and they're fine, right? Um, you poke each other in the eye, you're fine. But these guys, it, well, it looks like fun stuff on, on camera, right? When you're looking at it on the screen. These guys had to really dedicate themselves and practice everything to make sure they didn't injure each other or themselves. Um and it came to the point where Mo Howard, the leader of the group, um, he was the one that was the most aggressive and always beating up on the two imbeciles, you know Curly and, and, and Larry, um, he was the one that would end up injured the most, even though he's the one dealing out most of the hits on screen. It's because he's the one always jamming his fingers into someone's face and what what you see is he's jamming his fingers into the forehead instead of the eyes so he doesn't injure them. But he's always injuring himself doing that. Right? Clown. Side note. I know, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, anyway, these guys, they were always in financial trouble. They were never really paid what they were uh, worth, what they were actually going through. Um, they had financial troubles. They didn't have uh, homes of their own forever. They struggled. At times they they couldn't even eat unless they went on the set, and the set had food left over from films. But they continued doing this because they actually loved their fans and the people that would come up to them and recognize them on the street. So they kept doing these things, and they kept entertaining their fan base. um, Hoping that one day they would actually realize the fruits of all their labors, right? Even when they were aged and, and retired and not able to do what they had once done before, um, they continued doing it. They continued doing what they could possibly do to keep people laughing. Hmm. And then eventually they passed away, each one, one by one. Um, as one left the group, they'd bring in another um, stooge. And eventually they each passed away or retired. Um, and when they were all gone, they had pretty much been left with nothing. But mm. their legacy, their their creations, their, their efforts, I think started a whole different genre in theaters that we still see today. So while they never really saw the benefits of it, Everyone today is seeing the benefits of it. Comedy was changed forever by these, these three men, or these th- three men on a screen at a time, right? It's actually six different men, but... Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. They changed the face of cinematic comedy forever. Well,
1: I th- they created almost, yeah?
2: Yeah. So they they went through this, even though they never really f- saw the benefits of what they worked for, they continued doing it, and now we see the benefits. So our, they had such a dedication that even though it was coming to the end of their lives and they hadn't reached what they were hoping to reach, it still yeah. impacted the world around them. And we see that with other great men and and women in history, right? They may never see the the greatness, like Martin Luther King Jr., right? He never really saw the greatness of what he started. Civil Rights Act, right? He never really saw that before he was uh, assassinated. But he continued on, hoping that one day that would be a great thing for our nation.
1: Yeah, I was saying... Uh, oh, go ahead, ahead. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to... Um,
1: go ahead. It's something to the effect of the world will only truly become a great place when men begin to plant trees whose shade they know they'll never benefit from or something to that effect, right? It's, right. it's kind of when you understand that uh, your actions today will leave a positive impact on someone other than yourself in the future. And it's it's something that you'll never benefit from. I call it the stooge dedication factor. Stooge dedication factor. All right. I like it. I mean, these guys
2: knew that at some point they knew, you know what? We're never going to really make money with this. We're never going to be rich. We're never going to have an easy life. We're hurting. We're physically damaged. We're emotionally damaged, but we're going to continue so that our fans are happy and will leave a mark on history. Hmm. And they did. I mean, today, the reruns of The Stooges are, are quite widely enjoyed. I Heck, every time I see a, a, a biography or a, 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 some sort of historical take on The Three Stooges, I have to watch it. Because they had such fascinating lives.
0: and what's interesting about all this is you think about, there are lessons to learn everywhere you look, regardless of if you attend a seminar by Tony Robbins, or if you watch the Stooges. And I think it takes somebody who has an open mind to really see the lessons in the latter. And one of the things I did, Glenn, when when you were kind of talking about this, I, I I just quickly wrote down five different lessons that you can take from the Stooges, and and this is just you know just thinking about please share, yeah, their shows. Uh, one, you can't take life too seriously. <clears throat> two, uh, true friends stick together. I mean, they they never questioned, regardless of what they did, if the other two were going to follow along. They just knew that collectively their friends are always going to be there. And I think that's such a freeing mentality when you know that you are going into anything that your friends are going to be there. Uh, number three, they didn't doubt themselves. Regardless of the, uh, the crazy ideas that they had, they never questioned themselves. They just went at it. Four, uh, I think it's important to just go with the flow and and that's what they did they they made adjustments as things would fall apart but they didn't overthink and that was the last point is don't think too much i mean and and that was just five quick things that just bounced off my head uh quickly when I was thinking about them but if you have an open mind there's so much that they can bring so much value that they can bring beyond just the comedy aspect of it Exactly. And I think one of the
2: best lessons from their lives, and you mentioned it, is they always stick together, right? Um, Many people don't know this, but the the troupe started with Mo Howard, Shemp Howard, and Larry Fine. But after they left Ted Healy, Shemp went on to do his solo career, and younger brother Curly Howard stepped in and became the third stooge, the, the most notable stooge that everyone knows and loves. Um, but early on in his career, he had a stroke and he wasn't able to continue. He was only, I believe, 37 at the time. So he had a stroke really young and he wasn't able to take care of himself. But Mo loving his family the way he did and the three stooges as a whole, as he did, he took his brother in through the end of his life. Mm took care of him.
0: And I, Glenn, one of the things that I think about as, as you've been talking about their story is they always, at, at least it's it seen from what you've been saying, they never really thought about the present. They were always living in the future, which means they knew the direction that they were going. In. They knew that they wanted to do this. And when you think about something that far into the future, you don't have any doubts. That's the only thing that you know. That's the only plan you have. And I think they made adjustments. You know, as you you said, people came and went. uh, But the legacy that they had, you know, holds true even today. Right. I mean,
2: on that pathway, right? Yeah things always come up and change what you originally planned or how you would have originally gone about it. Um, in in the case of the Stooges, um, oddly enough, Christian mothers and, and fathers came together and said, your show is too violent. So what did they do in the 60s? They started changing up their act. No more poking in the eyes, no more hitting each other with heavy objects. Um, it started shifting to a more insult-based... <laughs> So they were still calling each other names but they weren't actually hitting each other. Huh. They, so caved they they to continued the man. their cr- well they didn't cave to the com- demand they wanted to make sure that their fans were still able to see their their content so they shifted it to fit the needs of that time. So they Got could it. continue moving along their path and still reach out and touch people.
1: And so what you're saying is, you know, just overall with this, if we take like a big overarching look at it, you know, you would mentioned that for the amount of material they put out and what they did and how much time they spent on their craft, their compensation was just a fraction of what they deserved. Yes. But I think what it sounds like the theme is, is their dedication was to this craft they love because they, they were true entertainers,
2: true yes.
1: givers of their craft. They wanted people to enjoy it and they didn't care. Absolutely. So how can we apply that today? It takes a very
2: strong mindset. You've got to see where you want to go. You've got to visualize where you want to go and you've got to make your act on it. Mm-hmm. Every action you take needs to further your movement towards that destination. Mm-hmm. If if you plan on affecting, I don't know, your finances, right? You need to see where you want to be in the future. Just focus on that. Then every action you need to take says, okay, how can I make this a, a reality for myself? You take those actions and you move forward. Yeah, you're going to have setbacks. Yes, you're going to have problems. You're going to have deviations. But understand where that path is and always be thinking and moving towards that. Hmm. It's all in the mindset. It's almost being single-minded.
1: Because you're so locked in on that one thing, you're saying,
2: yeah, you've got you've got to kind of have a little bit of tunnel vision. You you still want to have a little bit of perception so you can avoid um, obstacles, right? But tunnel vision in the goal and the path you need to take to get to that goal.
1: Hmm. <clears throat> hmm. I see you, Glenn. I see you. I don't
0: know.
2: well, no, you don't. You're you're in Lakewood, and I'm in Tacoma, figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, that sounded tasty.
0: I know. I was like, "Oh, did you have something real?" Here? uh cough drop. Yeah. Uh so, <clears throat> Kyle, when have you ever watched an episode of the Stooges before?
1: Not full. I think I've seen little clips here and there um, in reference to them. But Oh, and I feel like, didn't it used to be on like, Nick at Night or something like that a long time ago? Or is it still, probably? Um, no, they used yeah.
2: To, they used to put it on different shows and, and stations. Back in the day, it probably would have been on something like uh, Nick at Night or
1: yeah, TV Land. I feel like I remember seeing it when I was younger on it, Nick at Night. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know that I just – it was engaging at the time, I think, at the age that I was and also the, the age of the comedy. Um, I was probably more into cartoons like Ninja Turtles or something like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've I've never really taken the time to sit down and, and enjoy an episode or short – film or feature length, whatever they have. I don't even know what's in their catalog, to be honest. I know there's <laughs> a ton of stuff out there. I just don't know. I don't know all what it is, right? I don't know how many shorts they have or how many feature length films they have um, You know, or, or what's available. So yeah, I, I should probably take the time to, to check them out. I mean, it's a
0: little bit interesting to to hear the way you talk about it. Glenn. Yeah, and, and Glenn, I've got, I've got a question for you. So same Similar to along these lines, why do you think it's easy for some people to see them as a comedy act, but not really process the amount of work and dedication that went into, like you said, this craft? Whereas for other people, you know, that's kind of what they focus on. Because an act like that, and especially at the time that they were, you know, truly relevant, I mean, they've been at it for, or you know, had been at it for a very, very long time. And so how, how does one truly gain an appreciation for that? What I would say is do some research.
2: Um, for me, I used to just look at the episodes of Three Stooges like anyone else. You know, it's comedy on TV. Awesome. Ha, ha, ha. Laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> Um, but then I, st- I started getting a little curious. Why did they do what they do? Get, I got a little curious. How did they do that? How did they poke the guy in the eye without, you know, rupturing his eyeball, right? Um, how, is he, how are they hitting each other with hammers and the hammer's flattening, but their head isn't caving in? I don't get it. Okay. You know, <laughs> as a young kid, right? I was, I was going, how did all this happen? It was kind of like yeah. you know the curiosity at a magic show. how does the magician do what they do? Um, and then I started researching what they did with their lives and how they started. It's like, you know what? this is actually kind of
0: fascinating. But I mean like it, even it, when you were watching the show, like what you know not necessarily you, but <clears throat> why were they so successful for so long, do you think? I think especially during the time
2: they were doing it, Um, look at the times. I mean, 1930 to 1945, what was going on? You were just leaving the Great Depression. Uh, You were going into World War II and even after World War II during reparations from that. So you had a lot of depressing garbage going along uh, in the world. And they literally said, you know what? We We can help with this. We can make a difference and make people laugh for a minute. Take their minds off of the garbage going on out there. And they did. Hmm. They did it for 190 different <coughs> shorts. Hmm. Eight where different feature films, too. So where, where are they from? Uh Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn.
0: What? Huh.
2: Odd little side story, um, throughout Moe's childhood, his mother always wanted a girl. She had five boys, and he was the second youngest, so um, she said, you know what, you're going to dress like a girl from now on, and forced him to grow his hair long and dressed him in dresses. He always got wow. teased in elementary school for that, so... Oh, of course. Um, he got his famous bowl cut by sticking a bowl over his head one day when he got teased too much and cutting all of his hair off. And his mother never spoke to him after that.
1: So that's where the joke comes from. Grab a bowl.
2: Yep. Grab a bowl. Cut your hair. Oh, jeez. Give yourself the moe cut. So it's
1: true. It, so I had always assumed that it was just part of the act, right? That was That was his look for the act.
2: Well, it became part of his character after that, but no, it was definitely something in his life that... So this
1: predated him. The character. This predated yep. the character. character.
2: Huh. Yeah, he was That's... just a
1: child. Wow. So he went into this... That was why they're like, oh, you look funny as hell. You're good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can imagine in, in the 1930s, or I guess it would have been the 19-teens uh, at that point, hey, what, why are you dressing like a girl? You're a boy, right? I mean, that stuff just
0: did not happen back then. Oh. Huh. Yeah. So, so Glenn, taking, <clears throat> taking a look at everything, what would you say is, aside from just the comedy, what would you say is the number one reason why they have made an impact in your life? I would say it was their private lives. Because
2: their their personal lives, they were great to their fans, and they were dedicated to each other. I mean, Hmm. Moe and and Larry died within months of each other. When Larry passed away, Moe passed away shortly after.
1: Oh, wow.
0: The last
2: known living stooge.
0: Wow.
1: What, What from? Just, uh, complications of any disease or old age?
2: Or- uh, Larry died from cancer and Mo passed away. He just passed away in his sleep, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, Glenn, I mean, this has been kind of fascinating and diving into the lives of the Stooges, it's kind of a behind the scenes of things that you didn't really think about, but I like how you really tied that into the current day in terms of philosophy and learning life lessons and what kind of keeps you going. So well, as you, you said you earlier, you can take a lesson from almost anything in life. Yeah. Whew. Well, Kyle, I don't know about you, but I think uh, it's about time for one of your famous car, read, minute minute take away.
1: Take away. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll wrap with that. So, this week's episode was all about whether or not you have the dedication of a stooge and we don't mean to call you a clown we're talking about the three stooges Um, Glenn's a big fan of him he's able to provide some insight to myself especially but I'd imagine Rohit as well and some of our listeners on podcast today and really kind of help you shift the focus to what's important in your life and how to hone in on that and really execute at at any means necessary, right? It may not be giving you everything that you want at that particular moment, but if it's everything that you want to do, just go for it. Go for it with the dedication of a stooge. Uh, And with that being said, we appreciate you for joining in this week to another episode of the GYSE podcast. Get your shit together. We expect to see you back next week. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Thanks everyone for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together.